Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just so honored again that you've tuned in and you listened to this episode. We dive deep into pillar number two, which is all around amplifying your voice so that you stand out. Again, it's the million dollar question that everybody asks me. And I answer it in a very unconventional way. I'm not giving you these steps or frameworks or tips or tricks or any of those sorts of things that I do feel like is a bit of a disservice. So this stuff does take a bit of time to sort of process and digest and integrate. And so I do invite you to just be patient and graceful with yourself because it does take time. And if you have any questions, please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at Creatively Own. I am happy to answer your questions for you and help you, you know, support you in the best way, way possible. So but I do want to talk about what we are diving into on episode number five, which is all around pillar number three, the you know, how to be seen, heard and that sought after entrepreneur in the online space in your brick and mortar space, whatever space you're in as an entrepreneur, which is all around visibility and credibility, right. And again, I take a very unconventional approach to what visibility and credibility actually means. So you're going to want to tune in because I am going to talk about why getting seen online doesn't mean being on all the platforms, all the social media platforms, and it really has nothing to do with the frequency in which you're showing up. So you're going to want to tune in and not miss that it is the final pillar in the three pillars, as I mentioned. And please don't forget to subscribe to the show or follow the show. As I should say now, Apple has changed the way that they do things. Please follow the show so you don't miss each and every episode that we drop every Tuesday. Cheers. After generating over a million dollars in sales and selling one of her businesses with a single email, your host, Catherine Thompson, takes an unconventional approach to marketing and sales. So if you're ready to tap into a more powerful way to be seen, heard, and a sought-after entrepreneur in your industry without having to spend endless hours marketing your business and chasing clients, you're in the right place. Be the Sought-After Entrepreneur Podcast is here to help you ditch the cookie-cutter, one-size-fits-all approach to marketing and use your unique energy to effortlessly attract the most aligned clients. When you do this, you can spend less time marketing your business and and more time doing your soul work and enjoying the richness of your life. Welcome to Be the Sought After Entrepreneur Podcast. And here's your host, Katherine Thompson. Hey, hey, I want to take a few minutes at the start of this episode to thank my amazing Pod Squad launch team. Leading into this launch, they were an amazing support, and I am forever grateful for them supporting me on the launch. So I want to thank them. I also want to take the opportunity to thank my amazing podcast editor who is working behind the scenes and bringing this puppy to life. Without his support, this would not be possible. He is the magic behind the editing, making everything sound so good. He's got me set up on Trello, so our processes are down packed. It's just been so amazing to have his support and continue support going forward. So thank you. Now, today we are diving into the million dollar question that the majority of my audience asks me, which is, What do I say and how do I say it to cut through the noise, stand out online to attract more clients? And typically the audience that I have, it's not just more clients, but it's the right type of clients, right? Those dream clients that we dream of, or maybe we've had, um, we don't get a lot of those ones that stand in their integrity, they show up, they say they're going to do what they do, they follow through, you know, they pay you on time, all that. Those are my dream clients. Anyways, I don't know who your dream clients are. But it's those dream clients that we want to work with, it feels effortless to work with and to support them. And you and I both know we're in the business of words, right? We're in the business of words, if we want to attract these right people in, if you didn't know that, now you do. 
Our ability to articulate what we do, how it's different, and why people should care is literally the make or break it between creating demand for what we have and not creating that demand at all. So if you're struggling to get people to pay attention to your content, or you feel like you're speaking into the void, just can't get people to hear you, or at least you don't feel like you're standing out, and and you can't land those sales because nobody's seeing your content, no one's really paying attention, you're going to be super surprised with my response, because it's not another 10 step framework or step by step process I want you to follow. And I know your logical mind right now is probably freaking out going, Catherine, I want you to give me the answers. I want some solution, quick fix solution that you're going to give me some secret hack or secret process, these one, two, three ways of getting things right, or just at least tell me what I need to do to get it right. But here's the thing. The logical mind is the very thing preventing you from amplifying your authentic voice, standing out online and becoming the sought after entrepreneur in your industry without having to chase clients. And yes, you do not have to chase clients. You don't need to go out and pluck them out of the interwebs and try and, you know, prospect everybody that comes into your sphere. You don't need to do that. And it's this disconnect from our body and the rhythm of it that's actually keeping you stuck in the rigidity of getting it right. And it's preventing you because it's that thinking brain that's trying to get this right. We talked about this a bit on the last episode. It's the thing that talks you out of saying what you want to say. It's the nagging voice in your head telling you not to speak your truth in case other people judge you. It's filtering or downplaying your truth because you don't want to be too much for people. It's a thing telling you if you pivot in your business or go against your brand, we've all heard people say that you can't go against your brand, that things are going to fall apart. It's the thing telling you you need to color inside the lines and follow exactly what your mentor is saying. Otherwise, you're going to fail and things aren't going to work. The ego loves to talk us out of creating and sharing our authentic self-expression because speaking our truth is scary for most people. You know, putting ourselves out there in that capacity feels very scary. And you might fall into one of these categories. I typically find people fall into one of the categories I'm going to share, or maybe not. You might have a different category that you fall under or a different struggle that you're struggling with. But and I'd love to hear, you know, reach out to me, let me know and just say, hey, I didn't fall into any of the categories you mentioned, but this is the category I fall into. I would love to hear that. But for most entrepreneurs, they struggle with number one, rocking the boat or creating content that is polarizing because they don't want to offend people. These are my big heart people. I resonate with you. I'm an empath. These are the big hearted people that just don't want to rock the boat. Also a Libra. So I'm that balance, right? That objective balance. This was totally me. I'm an empath who has a knack for seeing both sides of people's beliefs and opinions. So the whole rock the boat, creating polarizing content always felt like this big old butt in my head, right? I was constantly questioning it. I can see why this might not be true or that people do things another way, right? I was always saying like, well, there's another side to that, or this might not be true for them, or this might not be, you know, the way that they want to do it. So I was always finding that objective balance. It's the Libra in me, that balance, that neutral perspective. And when I was doing my thesis, this is one of the biggest feedback my thesis advisor and my committee gave me. You have to take a stance. You have to take a stance one way or another. You can't sit on the fence. And I get that to some degree, but I could also see the variety of different perspectives. So it always felt like one, I didn't want to rock the boat and offend people, right? I could see maybe where they were coming from that awareness of, well, what if they feel this way? And I say this, and it triggers them, right? There's that big heart centered people that you know, it just feels really 
uncomfortable, right? And so I didn't want to take a stance on my thesis. And when I entered in the online space, I definitely didn't want to take a stance. It was terrifying to share my opinion, share my truth in a way that felt true to me. So if you resonate with that, it's likely that that rocking the boat polarizing content really, really scares you. Or maybe you're scared of showing up as your true self in fear of what people will say. And this usually happens. It's interesting. A lot of the clients that I've worked with, as well as the audience, my audience that I talk to, is they say, I'm not really scared of like the random stranger on the internet. I'm actually more afraid of what my close friends and family are going to think. That family obligation and going against what your family believes is the right path is a big problem for most people or a big struggle anyways. And it often looks like go to university and when you get out, get a really good job and going against the grain or doing something unconventional, entrepreneurship, starting your own business, not having that corporate career can be frowned upon in a lot of families. And it can be really terrifying to go against that. Or maybe another big one is you don't want to come across as too much or too pushy, especially when it comes to sales. And this ties back to the first one, right? Those big heart-centered, empath, heart-driven entrepreneurs, they just don't want to come across as icky or pushy, or they might actually even feel a lot of the clients I've worked with, they feel guilt-ridden that they're actually getting paid for the type of work they're doing because it's fun and it feels easy for them. So they just don't know how to charge for it or ask for the sale because it's something that comes so naturally to them. And the last one I hear so often, and maybe this one resonates with you, or maybe all of them in some varieties resonated with you is that entrepreneurs who are especially high achievers, try to get everything perfect, the first go around, every piece of content, everything that they script, and they write the stories, the reels, the TikToks, they're recorded five, six, seven times, they don't want to stumble on their words. They don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, they, it's even down to like getting the period and the commas and not even having a typo, right? So everything is like perfectly curated so that they sound perfect and they look perfect. And even the slightest typo just puts them over the edge emotionally. They get frustrated, right? So you can imagine what this looks like in a team environment when you hire a team and you're training your team. I mean, I have my podcast editor, right? I mean, people are allowed to make mistakes. People are allowed to put things out and make mistakes because the mistake has no indication of who you are and what your value is. But so much of our energy is in the weeds, as I call it. We get so micro-focused and fixated on that rigidity of getting things perfectly okay that we give our power and our energy away to that perfectionism, right? So that might resonate with you as the high achiever entrepreneur who just wants to get things right on the first go round. And God forbid we put anything out that doesn't. And people like that often never launch an idea or they sit on the sidelines for a really long time because they never quite feel ready because it's not quite perfect enough. They need to perfect one more thing. They need to get that website just looking on par. They need to get the podcast, you know, a podcast, the podcast I'm launching, right? You know, can you imagine if I waited for everything just like line up perfectly? I can tell you right now that the launch of this and recording these episodes is a bit chaotic and kind of frantic. It's like once I get my bearings down, right, and get things going, but a lot of the time my learning comes from doing, right? So getting out there and actually doing it, and then I'm like, oh, that didn't work so well, or I can try this differently. So it's that, you know, giving our power away to that perfectionism. So if you resonate with any of these or identify with them in any way, it's common when it comes to trying to stand out and getting your messaging out, 
that we stumble on what to say and how to say it, right? Because we're up in that old head of ours overthinking. We're not tapped in and tuned into our body and into the what we really believe to be our truth at the core. And when we try to create messaging without embodying that truth, right, that the very first pillar I discussed on episode number three, we create messaging that sounds like everybody else that doesn't resonate with our audience. And it feels like we're screaming into that void, right? So if you're feeling that energy right now, where you put so much effort into putting stuff out, and you're following all the steps, and you're checking all the boxes on the checklist that people give you, but you still aren't seeing that result, or you're not getting the engagement or the traction you want from the content you're putting out there, it's because it's very robotic and scripted, right? It's like, follow the leader. It's very robotic. And we start to sound like minions to everybody else that's in the online space, especially if we're following a lot of people in our space that are within the same industry. We see what so-and-so is doing. And so we think, oh, well, let's do that. And let's try this as a coffee tactic. And well, they've, they're doing emails. So let's do emails. And someone's doing lives every week. So let's do lives. And we start to emulate what everybody else is doing. And that's not an authentic way to run your business, let alone amplify that authentic voice that you have, right? And it's exhausting. Like if you feel exhausted right now in your business, I get it. I feel a collective exhaustion happening, especially in the entrepreneur space and business space, because there's this forcing and this pushing to get our messaging out and to speak, speak, speak. And we're not feeling like we're getting that you know, engagement or results in return, and it becomes very exhausting. So once you embody your truth, though, which is an ongoing process, I want to say it's not linear, it's ongoing, right? Every layer, there's a layer every single time we get deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And there can be times where you're not grounded or where you've gone off track. And I talk about that in episode two, where you know, you can lose sight of where you're going. It's just a matter of bringing yourself back on. So once you embody that truth, how do you actually go about amplifying your authentic voice? Well, the first step is gaining awareness. Right now, taking an inventory of your current situation of your life, even take a look around your desk, how you work, how you function in your work. Do you feel scattered? Do you feel like you're just winging things? Do you feel like you're grasping for all the different tactics and hacks and tricks and tips out there? How much information are you consuming to try and solve this problem that you feel like you have that you don't know what to say and how to say it? How much self-development free downloads are you taking in? How many strategies are you trying to like piece together? How many online workshops and courses and stuff do you sign up for? How often do you listen to podcasts? Right? It really is. And it starts with getting honest with yourself about your own current situation. And a lot of people don't want to do this work. They want the quick fix. They want the thing now. And so it's like, forget about it. I don't want to do this inventory, right? But if you tried all the courses, had many coaches, and you're still not seeing that result that you desire, the more clients or the more aligned clients, so to speak, all you're doing is filling the void. You're seeking that quick fix. And it's always going to feel robotic, right? It's always not going to feel quite right. It's going to feel inauthentic to your audience for sure. And it's going to feel disconnected. That's that energetic piece I talked about embodying your truth and why it's so important. Because you can write words, people write words all the time, they write 
essays and this and that. But if you're disconnected from the message and the content that you're putting out there, and it feels forced, and it doesn't feel authentic, doesn't feel right, feels robotic, your audience is going to feel that, right? And that's why oftentimes these seven step, 10 step frameworks for writing better copy that sells, one person can do it and get some results and another person can do it and get zero results and another person can do it and get really, really great results. Well, they might have been really tuned into who they were and what their message was while the other two weren't, right? And that's why you see that in the coaching space. You see these people that do really well and excel. Well, it's because they've grounded themselves in who they are, what they do and why they do it. And they're really in alignment with the work that they're doing. But you also see other people that take these programs and courses that don't get the results they want. And that's exactly why. So you really, really, really need to be honest with yourself. And this likely makes a lot of the listeners feel uncomfortable, right? You're probably feeling uncomfortable right now because so many of us were addicted to learning and finding the solution and getting it right. That's all you want, right? We're addicted to consuming information. We think that just the next thing is going to get us that thing, right? It's like any addiction, right? The next hit is going to be the best hit. The next hit is going to be the ticket to success. The next thing is going to be the thing that makes me the most amount of money. But it's this overconsumption that's actually blocking those unique inspirations and downloads from coming in that creative spark the ideas, which is what to say, how to say it in a lot of ways, right? What to say? What does my audience need to hear? What does the collective need to hear? And paying attention to that, because the majority of us are designed to respond to what is going on around us, right? We're designed to respond with our own unique gifts. But one, if we don't embody our truth, or don't even know what those unique gifts are, what our purpose is, or what is even at the core of who we are, we can't even begin to articulate that, right? That's why the messaging step is, you know, you need to go through that embodiment work. Because if you're trying to message from a place of disconnection, a place from just trying to get it right, trying to get the success, chasing, seeking, the message is always going to feel disconnected. To you, likely at the core, you're always going to feel a little like, oh, this just doesn't quite resonate. But it's going to feel like that even more to your audience, right? So when you don't know what to say or how to say it, or you feel uninspired, it's likely because you're consuming way too much information. You're scrolling way too much on social media. You're attending or signing up for every workshop that pops up into your feed. You know exactly what all these other coaches or mentors or business owners are doing, right? You're spending so much time looking in everybody else's lane of, you know, what is this brick and mortar doing, and they seem to be doing things. So I'm going to adopt kind of what they're doing. Or you're looking at another coach, and you're like, well, they say they make seven figures, and this is how they're doing it. Or you sign up for their course or program, because they make seven figures, and you just want to follow the leader to get to that seven figures, right? And that's what's blocking that creative inspiration from coming in that way too much information, the looking outside of yourself and everybody else's lane downloading everybody else's freebies and content and consuming. It is an addiction and it is information overload. And we see this so much in the online space, especially where people are just downloading too much and we're burnt out, right? There's this burnout, this collective burnout that's happening. And you're stuck in that learning, which actually doesn't allow that inspiration to hit, but it also puts you in that paralysis, right? It's like learning, learning, learning. I need to learn more. I need to take in more. And the next thing is going to get me that thing, right? So that's the first step is really like creating spaciousness almost in your brain 
creating spaciousness in your mind. And I can already feel it when it's happening to me. So I'm not exempt to this. This is like a work in progress for me. I am like, super inspiration driven. I love to learn like I'm a lifelong learner, but I also need to cut it off. And I know when to cut it off. And I can tell basically what my desk looks like. If I have papers scattered everywhere, and I've got stuff scattered, I can feel it in my body. And I know that I need to get back into doing some grounding work and to separate and to disconnect and to not consume and to clear my schedule, right to take a day where I'm not listening to anybody, I'm not attending a live, that I'm literally alone in my office by myself, maybe I go for a walk, right? These are all the things that I do to get really grounded again. I spend a lot of time in nature, like putting my feet barefoot on the grass or the dirt, walking around in my garden, because I can feel it in my body. I never used to be able to feel it in my body. It wasn't until I did a lot of that embodiment work over the last two years because I was so disconnected from my body. I was so much in my brain that I was so disconnected. I didn't even know that I was spiraling. Now I can feel it. I can feel it literally in my body where I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. I actually feel like the world is spinning really, really fast. Um, And it's a really crazy feeling because for the longest time, I never, ever felt that. So that's step number one, right? It's actually creating the space in order for you to receive the inspiration and the ideas to then create for your audience. But if we don't have the space in our heads and in our bodies, physical space, you name it, we can't receive that information. It's just going to be blocked, right? And so lots of times when clients come to me and they say, I don't know what to say. I just I feel burnt out. I never know what to post on social media. The first thing I say is don't do anything. Get out in nature, go for a walk, silence the mind, do not consume information or content. I don't want you reading a book, right? Just literally quiet your mind. And then they look at me like, well, no, I need to be doing something. I'm like, no, you don't. That's the actual thing creating the resistance and the block to you actually creating, right? It's why writers will go to a retreat in the middle of nowhere to write a book by themselves in a forest somewhere. This is not new invention. This is legitimately how people create music, art, books, writing. They go to literally a remote location to write for a month or two or five until they get their book done or work of art done because they need that space and that disconnect from all the other noise. And if you are a super open person, if you're an empath, highly sensitive person, likely the overconsumption is even higher and more intense, right? So I'm an empath. I'm highly open. I take in a lot. I feel a lot. And so I can feel it in my body. I just feel it in my body. And that's step number one is to really create the space in order to receive that information. Because that's really the first step beyond the embodiment of your truth. But that's the first step in in amplifying your voice. You won't know what to say or how to say it if you aren't getting those inspirations, creative sparks, and that you know response from your audience. You can't even pay attention or hear what your audience actually needs because you're so distracted about all the other stuff. It's that overconsumption, overload, burnout, and we cannot create from a place of burnout ever. If you are in a state of burnout, yeah, it feels icky to stop and slow down because you want the thing you want so badly. But if you are in a place of burnout, you won't be able to create. It's not going to happen. It's going to feel very forced or you will create, but it's going to feel forced and it'll likely fall, fall flat. So the second step to amplifying your unique voice so that you can stand out online and become that leading authority that you want. So you're not chasing those clients or spending endless hours creating content that really doesn't go anywhere or gain any traction. 
The second step is letting go of the shoulds, the rigidity of what you think is the right way to do things, the right way to say things, the right way to write things. This is why the steps and frameworks and all of that, the proven processes really keep us stuck in that rigidity of like, this is the right way, right? Or letting go of the idea that there is some hidden secret out there, some hack that these six and seven figure entrepreneurs out there are doing or achieving applying in their business to write correctly in order to be successful. This goes back to the whole being graded in school, the way you write, right? So English class, just imagine this, right? I remember going through elementary school, high school, I hated writing essays. At my first year of university, writing English essays, I hated it. Because I hated being graded on my writing, right? You know, grammatically, obviously, yes, right? There are grammatical ways in which you write spelling, you know, correctly. But the art of writing, it shouldn't, in my opinion, be graded based on the creative aspect of it. If I'm spelling things wrong and grammatically not doing things correctly, that's fine. But this goes back to that whole school days thing where there's a right way to write content, right? There's a right way to write sales copy. There's a right way to do the things we're doing. There's a right way to do marketing. It's that whole notion of being graded for it. And if you're like me, I know a lot of people have shared this with me is like, I have a very similar story to you, Catherine, is I was told not once but twice that I was a terrible writer. Don't ever think of getting a job in writing, right? So I went into the sciences and the math to some degree, tried that for first year university and then went into business, right? But the whole creative side of being able to write, I always felt like I had to follow a script or a plan, especially writing like essays and different things like that, right? You fit into this mold of getting it right based on those traditional ways that we were taught. And Brené Brown calls these creative scars, right? If you've ever been told that you were bad at painting or bad at drawing or bad at writing or bad at music, right? A terrible singer, all of those things, those are what she calls creative scars. And a lot of us have experienced that. And I carry that with me for my whole life until I went into my thesis and wrote my thesis and my book. And my editor for my book was like, Oh, my God, you're an amazing writer. I was like, really? Like, I just didn't believe it or think it because I was told years ago by people I trusted authorities, right? Teachers, university teacher actually told me I wasn't a good writer. And I carry that for a long time with me. And so, you know, there's that whole thing that was like, I had to get it right when I wrote. And when I wrote my thesis, as I mentioned, on episode three, you know, I did a lot of self editing, I did a lot of self editing when it came to writing my book, and being stuck in a funk of not being able to produce the content for it. I actually might have said this on my stories, not in my episode, but I was writing my book, and I just couldn't find my words. And it was my thesis advisor that said to me, Like, what is it about not being able to find your words? One, get away from your computer is the thing that he said. Don't just stare at your computer because that's not going to will your words to you. And the second thing is, is like, what are you doing? Like, tell me what your process is. And I would write and delete and write and delete and write and delete because I was so stuck in my head of like getting it right because I knew that the book and the thesis was going to be graded, right? It hinged on me getting my master's degree. And all of this work was coming to like this one big culmination. And I was terrified that if I didn't get it right, or say the right things that I wasn't going to get graded well, or whatever, and I was terrified to share my work. And so, again, you know, I invite you if you've experienced any type of creative scar where someone told you weren't good at writing or good at speaking, public speaking, all of that, I really invite you to pause and notice when that brain of yours starts to feed you with what you should do, and what you need to do. 
right? When you're sitting down to write, and if you have experienced those scars in any way, or even if you haven't, where are you self-editing yourself? Where are you stopping yourself from saying the thing that you want to say? Where are you saying you need to do it this way in order to get it right? And I also want you to ask yourself, why are you performing this specific action when it comes to trying to figure out what to say? What is the end goal, right? Because I know that me, it was my master's degree. And obviously, I write for publications and write to attract clients into my space as well. And so, you know, when there is an attachment to an end goal, there's a lot more added pressure that we tend to put on ourselves. At least I know that's what I did, at least with my thesis for sure, right? There was this added pressure of like, I need to get this done by the end of May, because if I don't get it done, I'm probably not going to get it in time to make the edits my committee need to make in order to pass my master's at that time. And I won't get to graduate with the rest of my class and all of the things that start to come up in that old brain of mine, right? So this added pressure of having to get it done. So I really do invite you in this capacity, if you feel like you're not being able to find your words, or you feel like you have to will your words all the time, to pause and to ask yourself, is this something that you think you should be doing? Is this something that you think you need to be doing? And why are you performing the action that you're performing right now? Like, why are you writing the piece of content that you're writing? Right? Why are you writing this piece of content? Is it to get more clients? get more sales? Or is it to serve more? Because there's a big difference, right? If you're writing content, and creating content emails and all that, and the intention behind it is to get more clients and get more sales, your audience is going to feel that, right? Or are you creating your content, speaking, showing up on a podcast, showing up live, whatever piece of content you're doing to put out there to your audience? Are you doing it to serve more? Or to get more. And when you start to kind of play with those questions in your mind and get really clear on what the motivation is behind why you're doing the thing you're doing, then you can start to see where you're out of alignment energetically, right? Especially for my heart centered, big hearted people, right? We say we want to serve more, we say that's why we do what we do. But then we get caught in this trap of Oh, my God, I have to post this today. Because if I don't post it, you know, I'm not going to get seen or I'm going to be out of rhythm with the inner webs and the inner gods and the logarithm and all the stuff that tells me I need to do all the things, right? And then we get out of that alignment and it doesn't feel good. And then that energy gets portrayed out into the content we're creating. And I still do this some time to time. So like, again, I'm not a perfect human when I'm creating my content, but I've gotten so much better. When I first started my online business, I felt like I had to post every single day or three times a day, I think was the crazy thing two years ago that people were saying, you need to post three times a day to grow your following. And I was just like, I can't keep up with this. Like I did it for a couple months, but then it just wasn't sustainable. Plus, I just felt like the message that I was putting out there was forced. It wasn't intentional and it really had no value. I can already see now, even when I fall back into that sort of mindset sometimes or that pressure of having to post all the time, I can see where my con- my content does not do well. It's literally the the stuff that is from my heart that I feel very called to create. That's the stuff that has way more impact with my people and my audience than any other content that I create that's not intentional, right? And so it's what's the intention behind why you're doing it? And not just the intention of like, the type of content you're sharing, but like why you're sharing it. What's the motivation? Is it to serve your audience? Or is it just to get more of the thing that you want the sales and all of that? Because there is a big difference. 
It's why I say be seen and heard versus get seen and heard. And that might seem very like semantic to you. Like, okay, that's whatever, Catherine, like get and be what's the difference. But our words carry so much energy, so much energy. As I mentioned, 93% of our communication is nonverbal. Our people can so, so hear it. So getting to me feels very plucking, seeking, chasing energy, very masculine. I'm going to go out and I'm going to get what I want is very, very, very masculine, right? Where being seen and being heard and being the sought after entrepreneur is very much more of that leaning back, that feminine, right? Now, I'm not saying that you don't need masculine energy in your business to get the things done that you need to get done. But our language is so, so potent and powerful and carries so much energy. And it starts with what we say to ourselves, right? If you're constantly in your head saying, I don't have enough clients, I need to get more clients, that is going to come out in your content subconsciously. You're not even going to think about it. And you're going to look at your content and go, oh, my goodness, all of my content is very forced, very pushed, very masculine driven. There's nothing inviting. There's nothing leaning back. There's nothing calm or peaceful about it. I stumbled across an entrepreneur recently and I literally read her copy and it was like a blanket over my body because I was just like, oh, it just feels so the energy behind it just felt so warm and calm and just not pushed and not forced. And it was a work of art. And you can feel that in people's content, right? So are you doing this to get more or to serve more? Because our energy is so, so important. So just a couple examples, again, of like that pure presence that you're bringing in when you walk into that room, right? So it's that being seen, being heard without force, right? It's that presence. It's that energy. When you walk into a room, whether that's physical or virtual, whether you show up on stories or lives, or you're at a live event speaking on stage or networking or whatever it might be. I want you to sort of like, again, look back at what presence am I bringing to the online space? What presence am I bringing to my brick and mortar? What presence am I bringing to the way that I sell? Am I leaning back? Or am I constantly forcing or pushing? Right? So it's all about taking inventory. It's this awareness, this inventory. It starts with the inventory, right? It starts with clearing the mind so we can create the space. So we have the canvas in order to work from. And then the second step is taking inventory of what we're doing, what our motivations are, what's driving us so that we can actually make the change. Because without the awareness without the blank canvas and the awareness, we can actually make change. So for example, are you creating content that feels very forceful that comes across as something, you know, that you feel like you have to say, because you believe these are the things that you should be doing like that, you know, seven step process or the five ingredients you need for copy that sells or, you know, the headlines that you need to write, like, are you feeling like your content is just forced or it's being put into a plug and play formula? And it's really devoid of sort of any personal flair or personality. Are you doing that to get seen? Are you doing that to get more clients? Are you writing emails every week because somebody told you you need to write emails every week? Are you writing emails when you feel like something inspirational is on your heart to share with your audience, something of value? Are you following some prescription that you need to do things this certain way, right? Because here's the thing. And this is my 
wholehearted belief in anything in life, really, in anything that we do in communication in general, whether that's communication to attract people into your space and to create an impact and change, or whether it is to get a point across in a discussion with your spouse or your children, or whether you're at a leadership meeting with the company that you work for, and you want to get your point across to the people that you're working with, because you know that the thing you're going to share could really impact and change people's lives or change the way the organization is run. My full belief is that you do not need to amplify your voice by volume, or by frequency, or by speaking more in order to have an impact. Let me say that again. You do not need to amplify your voice by volume, by frequency, by doing more of the things because you want to get seen and heard. Your presence, your energy, the way you show up has far more power. I want you to imagine being at a house party. When house parties were a thing before COVID, say you're at an intimate house party, there's 30 guests there, and the host of the party hears a song come on in the background music that they absolutely love. But the mingling of the party is amazing. The energy is amazing. People are chatting, they're getting along, they're talking, they're connecting. It's amazing. And the host of the party goes and cranks the tunes up on the stereo, blaring it because they love the song. What happens? Typically, in a room, the people start to raise their voice to over talk the music. And what does the host do? Just keeps cranking the music, right? Well, then eventually nobody can hear each other because the music's blaring. There's people trying to talk over each other and they're yelling to try and get their voice heard. One, it's annoying, but two, nothing is heard, right? Like nobody can hear you because the the volume is being raised. We do not need to raise our voice. We do not need to speak more. And I 100% believe that silence sometimes is the strongest voice that's coming out. And that's your energy, right? That's the the presence, right? We think of really strong leaders, right? Michelle Obama. Think of her as she walks onto a stage. Her energy, her presence, and the way in which she speaks is like calm. It's down to earth. There's nothing like forceful about it, right? She just has this air and this presence. Maybe Michelle Obama is not the type of leader you look up to, but I want you to envision the leaders that you follow even, right? The people that you do follow. What is their resonance? What do they emit out into the world? How are they showing up in the world? And what is it about that? Besides the money they say they make and the success they say they have, I want you to look at their demeanor, the way they show up, the energy, right? And take a look at that because I truly believe that we are attracted to the leaders and the people in our lives. And we look up to people that have something within them that already exists within ourselves. Right? So, so powerful. The leaders we look up to, and we might put on a pedestal and we think, oh man, that's a guru, and then put on them on a pedestal. And I just love what they do. You already have that genius and that power within you. That's why you're looking up to them. Because it's already within you. That's why you're attracted to them. And so I want you to take a look at the leaders in your sphere that you look up to. And what type of presence do they have? 
what type of air and energy and how do they command a room when they walk into it and how do their you know the speaking and the content they put out how does that command an audience in a room because you can get a lot of information from that because that's already within you i totally believe that right so back to that story of imagining the the volume in a party going up and people chatting over top of each other and everyone's yelling and nobody can hear each other and it's like what what did you say i can't hear you right that's exhausting, but that's what you're doing in the online space when you feel like you have to post more, do more, show up more on all these platforms, Clubhouse, Pinterest, like all of them, and put your message out more in order to get more in return. And that's not how it works. And that's what actually creates burnout, disappointment, discouragement, which most struggling entrepreneurs are seeing right now. There's this collective burnout. I've talked about it. I keep talking about it because there is this collective discouragement, like I'm trying all the things and it just nothing seems to work and everything seems so forced. We speak more or try more, you know, that doesn't work. It doesn't, it's not what's going to get your message heard or seen. The amplification carries the meaning that we need to turn up the volume, right? That amplification carries that meaning that we need to do more and really that's not what you need to do. You need to do less of the things that don't feel authentic. You need to do less of the things you need to clear out, actually, right? Step number one, clear the space. You need to work from a blank canvas. And if your canvas is full of crap, you're not going to be able to create. It's just going to be mucky, right? So the more we gain this awareness of whether we are overconsuming information, where we have all the shoulds, the inventory, right? And again, this is like a recurring thing that happens. You know, you should always be taking inventory. Maybe it's weekly, maybe it's monthly, maybe for, you know, for me, I know it's I can feel it in my body. I know it. And I just have to pause and I have to slow down and I have to clear my schedule. And I just know that's my own way of dealing, right? But it's really clearing the space, getting that canvas clear and really ditching and letting go of the shoulds and the needs, right? And when we do that, we can tune back into our truth, right? And drop deeper into embodying it. Because like I said, it's not a linear process, right? It's like it has layers to it, right? And every time we dig a little bit deeper. And once we start to do that, and once we start to work from that blank canvas, we can start to ask ourselves, what do we want to express? Am I willing to go places that might not make sense? Am I willing to go against the grain of what I've always been doing, right? Sometimes we've created a business, aka my brick and mortar, from a place that was totally out of alignment, right? And so once I started to discover that, I mean, I could have held on to it and kept working it, but how good does that feel? It doesn't feel good. So we had to make the decision to sell it. Sometimes that's what happens. You've built a business on this foundation that wasn't in alignment. And once you start to uncover and dig deeper into your truth, you have to let those things go. And that's where people get really scared, right? And that's where people don't want to see the change because they're scared of letting the things go that might not fit in their life anymore or letting go of the business they built and having to you know, say goodbye to it, right? There's that holding on. Where are you holding on to things that might not serve you anymore, right? Another big question, are you willing to share, test, and get creative with your content? Ditching the whole notion and idea there's a right way or wrong way, putting stuff out into the world, knowing that, you know what, that one might flop or that one might not flop. Creativity 
is missing in the online space, right? And we pretty much all got into this business because we are inventive and creative. And yet we go to create content and copy that just, like I said, is sort of devoid of our own personality and personal flair. Because we get into this idea that there's this right way to do things, right? So another big question is, are you willing to create from a blank canvas? Or are you holding on to the security blanket of like needing to follow these step by step proven processes, just give me the map, show me the solution, tell me the right way? Or are you willing to literally let go of the rigidity and the fixated idea that there is, you know, a right path for you? Can you create from the blank canvas without the self judgment, without the, you know, perfectionism coming in? These are all really sort of big questions, right? And oftentimes I get people saying to me, well, Catherine, you didn't tell me how to write copy. You didn't tell me how to write messaging. Because the majority of people that come to me, their brains are full of information overload, overconsumption and addiction to learning. And I can tell them how to write copy and I can tell them how to do messaging. But they're so caught up in their head and overthinking and attached to perfectionism that it won't matter anyways. I can give them a step-by-step guide. My guides are usually not like step-by-step, here's what to do. They're usually a lot of questions so that you can get your own creative ideas sparking. But the ideas aren't going to spark if you're not grounded, one, in your truth, or two, you've created the space in order to create. Because you need the space to create. Most people come to me from a place of burnout. They are so burnt out, they're tired, their business isn't working, they don't know how to fix it. And they're on this mission to fix it. And so what I do is 100% unconventional. And it does trigger a lot of people because they're like, well, you're not telling me how to do things. You figuring out how to do things is in your capable hands, right? You writing, I'm not going to tell you what you write is right or wrong. I mean, if there's spelling errors, and we can't phonetically understand it well yes we'll have a conversation about that but the majority of people that come to me write really well they're amazing writers they're amazing creators they're amazing artists in their own right and so it's not my job to tell them that their writing is terrible it's not my job to say that their writing isn't good because at the end of the day chances are it really is good it's just they've gotten caught up in their brain and likely you've done the same thing that you're caught up in your brain thinking that it's not good. And so you're looking for a way to fix it. You're looking for me to fix it or another coach to fix it or some other person to fix it. And there's nothing to fix, (laughs) right? There's nothing to fix. And that's kind of what I'm really trying to hit home on this podcast and really helping you approach marketing sales and business and yourself in a very different unconventional way that, like I said, the marketing world just doesn't talk about. I did a Amazon search looking for marketing books and just doing research on the on the whole topic of marketing and sales. And there's nothing that talks about this. You know, everybody talks about getting more clients and, you know, applying, you know, this email marketing strategy or applying this SEO strategy or applying all these sorts of very masculine driven approaches. And again, like I said, those work when you're working, right? Those strategies work when you are working internally, right? And until you're working and in alignment with who you are and what you stand for and why you do what you do, you can employ a bazillion different strategies, but they're not going to work. And I see this people hopping to the next best thing all the time. And it's what I'm wanting to change in the industry, because I think 
everybody deserves the success. And I believe that I can help share my zone of genius and my gifts with people in order to help unlock within them their own great greatness, right? And their own artistry. You know, I always think of it like a musician making music in a lot of ways, you know, I really love the arts, if you can't tell. But I just want you to imagine a musician, right? They don't sit down in a studio to record a song and follow like some script they downloaded online that told them how to write songs. They don't do that, right? A painter that sits down at a canvas. They don't start painting with, you know, a step-by-step map, you know, the paint-by-numbers as I call it. No, they start from a blank canvas and they just paint and it's beautiful art and it's their art and it's unique to them, right? And that's really how to create captivating and compelling messaging and how to create magnetic messaging that attracts the right people and how to amplify your voice in a way that stands out instead of just like tunes it up and cranks the music and is just like annoying in the online space, just adding to the noise, right? is to ditch these cookie cutter, one size fits all approaches to marketing, and to break free from that idea that there is a, you know, a cookie cutter approach to follow, right? I believe that the days are done of this, like, follow the leader style content creation, this, I'm a minion, I'm just going to emulate everything that somebody else is doing. Because I believe it's this step by step content that's doing us a disservice. It's playing into the quick fixes people want. And it works for a short period of time, like all quick fixes, right? And then we get to a point where like, I'm still not happy. I still don't feel good about saying or talking this way, or I don't really feel good about selling in this way. Or, you know, it doesn't create that core foundation that's driven by our core purpose and our core truth. You know, when we live out of integrity, as I call it, which is like, I feel like the big foundation of living your truth is like, stepping into your integrity. When we live out of integrity, we can do it for a while. But eventually, like that spark burns out within us, right? It gets so dim that we just have no motivation. We, you know, there's no inspiration. We don't feel very good inside, you know, it just doesn't feel it's not a great way to live. And so I just don't feel like the quick fixes is what is helping the online space and the brick and mortar business space, the mentorship space in general, the coaching space, right? I feel like as business owners and entrepreneurs, these quick fixes are the thing that's actually costing us the most money and the most struggle and the most headache, right? So before I wrap up, we've been chatting for a while and I just absolutely love sharing all I know with you and the learnings that I've learned over the last couple of years and just my experience in entrepreneurship that has dated back pretty much my whole entire life and the observations that I've seen and the changes that have happened over the years. And just having worked really closely with like some top leaders, right? I spent the first seven years of my career as a management consultant. What's a management consultant? It's somebody that works really closely with management, top leaders, CEOs, founders, helping them in some capacity in their business, whether you know, the customer stuff isn't working, the sales are down, whatever it is, and it's working alongside them and trying to identify what's working and what isn't working. And it really always boils down to the inner workings of the organization, the inner leadership and how that is working first, right? Then the outside starts to work. But a lot of our investment, a lot of our time is like, let's fix the outside, just give me the thing to fix the outside. 
and then the rest will fall into place. And that's not what happens, right? We've got to get tuned into who we are. We've got to work the inner workings. And if you're a solopreneur, this is like so, so powerful right now, because if you ever hire people, you will be in a much better position if you hire from a place of embodied truth than if you hire from a scattered chaos, frantic, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just sort of winging it mentality and idea and place and presence because your staff isn't going to know what's going on or you're going to attract more scattered chaotic people into your space right and it's not gonna it just doesn't feel good so again this is such an important topic and so before I like I said I wrap up I want to leave you with this because I think this is such a big takeaway the ultimate key to amplifying your voice to become that sought after leader in your industry really hinges on stepping into your truth and then speaking it, right? But in order to do that, you know, obviously that truth has to be your authenticity that it's going to be that authenticity that stands out. But before you can do that, once you do embody that truth is you got to really make sure that that canvas is clear so that you can create from a space that is inspired and is intentional, because if you don't, it's not going to be right. And if you create that message from that place, It's just going to feel disconnected to your audience. It's going to feel forced. It's going to feel pushed and it's going to leave you exhausted. So I want to thank you again for joining us. It's always my pleasure to share with you my unique gifts, the gift of the gab, and also really just sharing how, you know, my transparency with you in business and all the things, like I said, that I've learned, it is really my zone of genius to share my stories. And my hope is, is not that you emulate or try to follow what I do and the path that I take, because it is so nonlinear as the manifesting generator. I can feel like it's all over the place, but it works for me, right? So my goal isn't for you to just follow and hang on to my every word like it's gold, because I don't want you to do that. My hope is, is that by sharing my story and my learning and my truth with you, that it unlocks that within you, right? It unlocks your greatness and your gifts within you, which is unique to you and your truth. And so it's taking what I'm sharing and taking what I'm putting out here and figuring out and contemplating for yourself what works works for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just so honored again that you've tuned in and you listened to this episode. We dive deep into pillar number two, which is all around amplifying your voice so that you stand out. Again, it's the million dollar question that everybody asks me. And I answer it in a very unconventional way. I'm not giving you these steps or frameworks or tips or tricks or any of those sorts of things that I do feel like is a bit of a disservice. So this stuff does take a bit of time to sort of process and digest and integrate. And so I do invite you to just be patient and graceful with yourself because it does take time. And if you have any questions, please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at Creatively Owned. I am happy to answer your questions for you and help you, you know, support you in the best way possible. So but I do want to talk about what we are diving into on episode number five, which is all around pillar number three, the you know, how to be seen, heard and that sought after entrepreneur in the online space in your brick and mortar space, whatever space you're in as an entrepreneur, which is all around visibility and credibility, right. And again, I take a very unconventional approach to what visibility and credibility actually means. So you're going to want to tune in because I am going to talk about why getting seen online doesn't mean being on all the platforms, all the social media platforms, and it really has nothing to do with the frequency in which you're showing up. So you're going to want to tune in and not miss that it is the final pillar. 
in the three pillars, as I mentioned. And please don't forget to subscribe to the show or follow the show, as I should say now. Apple has changed the way that they do things. Please follow the show so you don't miss each and every episode that we drop every Tuesday. Cheers. Thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here next time. You can also find us on social media at Creatively Owned and online at creativelyowned.com. Until next time, keep showing up as your authentic self.